Hello, everybody. Welcome to edition eight of the one-on-one FPL podcast. Just two guys from down under who love their FPL. I'm joined again by my co-host, Jamie, as known as FPL Cantona. How are you, Jamie? Yeah, good, Dimmer. Happy to be here to talk about FPL again. It's been a long break, uh, so I'm glad I'm glad we're talking fantasy. It's been a strange three or four weeks with only the one uh, game week, which only consisted of seven games. So, yeah, I think we've all got to find our form again and start to get back into the mix. Yeah, well, I've just had to try and get into gear thinking about fantasy. It's been a long break. So, um, you know, the last few days I've, you know, been thinking about it, been thinking about my team, waiting for news to filter out, you know, with injuries post the uh, international, you know, competitions that's been going on. So hopefully, you know, we can flush out a good chat today so we can help each other, you know, and help the listeners too. Yep, sounds good. Now, speaking of last uh, game week, which seems like a lifetime ago, how did you go? Wildcard week too. Yeah, so activated the wildcard. Um, overall, I got, I got 65 points for the week, so I was very happy with that. I went from rank... 319,000 up to 164,000, so pretty much half my rank with that, so I was very happy. At one point, before the Arsenal-Brentford game, I was sitting at 60,000, um, so Jay Zuss and Saliba and a couple of others um, did a bit of damage on me, and I can see you smiling over there, so I know you were happy with that. They helped you, but how did your week go? Yeah, I got 60 points, um, didn't use any chips, still got all the chips up the sleeve. So pretty happy to be 79,000 overall. Um, you know, so I feel like I've got a bit of a springboard now for the rest of the season. Um, you said it before, Saliba for me scored 15 points. So which I know a lot of people who played their wild card this week who sold him this week. So that'd be spewing. Uh, Cancelo got nine. Diaz got six, Harlan got 12 as captain. So um, probably up until that game, uh, Brentford-Arsenal, I think I'd slipped outside the top 100,000. So you would have obviously been higher than me, but uh, Saliba was able to bring me back, which was a nice uh, a nice way to end the week. So oh, It's yeah. perfect going into a break, getting 15 from a defender. Mate, you would have been doing cartwheels yeah. in a lounge room. Very, very lucky. Um when he scored, I did do a couple of somersaults, so I was very, very happy. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, it was a strange one because I also had uh, Tony in. I was kind of hoping that Tony would score now because I only really had Saliba from Arsenal at that point as far as uh, the back line goes. But anyway, we can't really complain. Saliba got 15 points. So moving on to the rundown from last week's fixtures, Villa beat Southampton 1-0. Nottingham Forest uh, lost 3-2 to Fulham at home without Mitrovic getting on the score sheet or getting a return, which is very strange for Fulham. Wolverhampton losing 3-0 to Man City, even though Man City probably didn't play that well. Um, Newcastle, Bournemouth played a 1-1 draw, which I'm sure we'll cover off during this podcast. Tottenham, as we predicted, put Leicester to the sword and put six past them with Son returning to form with a 13-minute hat-trick. So he's well and truly back. Brentford, as we mentioned, losing 3-0 to Arsenal at home. And to wrap out the game week, uh, Everton beating West Ham 1-0. So based on, I guess, those fixtures, Jamie, did, was there anything that caught your eye? Anything that uh, – or any teams or players that passed the eye test? Yeah, so I'll, I'll get into some individuals here. Um, Saka had two assists uh, against Brentford. 
Um, so that that means he hasn't blanked in the last four game weeks. So a lot of people were, um, you know, either picking him or Jesus at the start of the year. If you jumped on Jesus, you did better. Um, but, you know, it looks like Sark is finally warming up now. Um, KDB with Man City with the two assists. So, um, you know, he's just ticking over nicely in midfield for City. Madison had seven shots against Tottenham, three more than any other player in game week eight. You know, he scored a beautiful goal. It was a great finish. You know, Leicester has a, you know, good run coming up and, um, you know, he's probably easily their best player. Um, and then defensively, um, I've got to give props to Aston Villa uh, for keeping a clean sheet uh, against, you know, even though it's a weak Southampton team, um, Villa haven't been, you know, the strongest defensively. So they're the ones who, who stood out for me. Uh, Dimmer, what about yourself? Yeah, as I said, it seems so, so long ago. But for me, probably the three things that stood out was uh, City winning 3-0 despite not actually playing well. So Wolves uh, went down to uh, 10 men, but probably bossed Man City for the first 20 minutes of the second half. But, you know, City passing the eye test because they still didn't play well and they still won 3-0. Um Arsenal's very professional display against Brentford. Now, you know, the week before Arsenal losing to Manchester United 3-1, you know, there was already some sort of uh, crack starting to appear. People were starting to get a little bit worried about them. But, you know, um, they, uh, I guess, proved uh, some of the doubters wrong and played fairly well against Brentford. And lastly, uh, Everton's defence seems to have tightened up. So at the start of the year, they seemed to leak goals. But that's... um, Two clean sheets now on the bounce for Everton. Now, uh, apparently, as of today, uh, Pickford is now back. So that will only strengthen um, their um, ability to keep a clean sheet. Uh, Now, what didn't pass your eye test, Jamie? Yeah, I'll start with Newcastle. Um, Overall, their performance wasn't flash. Um, You know, their final ball in the box just wasn't there. Um, They couldn't find that, that final pass. You know... Isaac was leading the line for him. I wasn't really impressed with his movement. You know, maybe he's just getting used to the difference between Spain and England, but he just didn't seem to be in the right spots to receive the ball. Um, you know, he seemed like he was too deep or too wide. You know, and I was actually keeping an eye on him because I'm, I'm an Isaac owner. Um, I just got lucky he, he got the penalty. I didn't even know he was on him. But they just seemed to be a little bit lost without St. Maximin. You know, he can cause a little bit of chaos running at defences and just create that space. And sometimes, you know, when he's playing, they, you know, teams will commit doubling up on him when he gets the ball um, because they don't, you know, you don't want to defend a one-on-one with him because he'll just kill him. Um, so, um, I'd, I'd, you know, for me, I'd probably say that was the, the main standout to me with Newcastle. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, William for Fulham now taking some of the set pieces, which as far as the eye test concerns, probably bad for all of us uh, Pereira owners, who's now taking much or well, far less as far as the set pieces go. Um, William seems to be taking every corner they receive on the right-hand side. The left side's still probably open open there. Um, and as far as the set uh, pieces, yeah, they're, they're, they're shared now. So... Um, you know, Pereira at four and a half is still a very, very strong option, but he's probably not the same asset that, you know, we maybe had two or three weeks ago. So that's something to monitor. Nottingham Forest giving up another three 
goals again. So, look, Forest and probably Bournemouth seem to be the teams to target. Um, Bournemouth last week, as you just mentioned, only uh, considered the one goal to Newcastle, which was from the spot. So maybe they've potentially tightened up. But, yeah, Forest look like the team to target, um, which is who Leicester City have this week at home, which leads to my third, I guess, uh, failing the eye test part of last week, and that's Leicester. Leicester's ability, or sorry, inability to be able to defend has been pretty ordinary this year, and Ward does not feel anyone with any confidence having him in the sticks. He seems to make some really bad mistakes. They just have not been able to find a replacement for Schmeichel. There is talk that Ward might even this week be dropped, so that's something to sort of watch out for as well with his uh, deputy uh, Everson only being 3.9. So something worth actually having a look at. So, you know, the fixtures do open up now for Leicester. They're currently sitting at the very, very bottom of the ladder. Now's the time for them to turn their season around. And I reckon it's a huge fortnight, considering they've got Forrest and then Bournemouth. Big fortnight for someone like a uh, Brendan Rogers. So that's my failing the eye test. Now, moving on to your villain of the week. Saliba. He killed me. <laughs> the 15 points. I just saw my rank slide big, big time after. I lost 100,000 spots after that game. So, yeah, Saliba, for me, he's your hero of the week, though. But who was who your villain of the week? It's uh, funny how your villain is my hero. Um, my villain of the week was um, Billing from Bournemouth cancelling out Newcastle's clean sheet. I had uh, Pope and uh, Trippier uh, at, at the back. There was a lot of people on wildcard that went triple Newcastle who would have been even more spewing. But, um, yeah, look, it seemed to be, I think Bournemouth in that game had a uh, expected goals of 0.6, which is very, very small. I think it was Newcastle's second best um, expected goals uh, conceded for the year. And obviously Bournemouth pretty much had that one major shot which uh, went in. So, unfortunately for all those owners of uh, the Newcastle assets, we weren't able to see the clean sheet. And just talking about Bournemouth and their expected goals, they're by far the worst team in the league for expected goals. They, they're they yet to record a game where their expected goals is over one. So in the first seven games, they're not even expected to score a goal a game based on their numbers. And we know what the talk of Twitter is this week, Solanke. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to cover him off. I think we're going to cover him off a bit later. So we'll just park that until then. Um, yep. So what do you... No, I was, yeah, that's that's probably going to be a big, big part of uh, this uh, podcast later. As you said, all the talk on Twitter has been about Solanke. He's at um, 5.7 million. There's a lot of teams that are trying to find some funds for, you know, Trent, Sala, et cetera. So he's been one that's talked about. But yeah, we'll speak about that a bit later. Now, moving on to the stats of the game week. So... Um, I'll kick it off with uh, Philip Coutinho, someone that we have probably haven't really heard too much about of lately. He's got a very good record against Leeds, four goal involvements in two games. Now, Villa's fixtures now have started to open up, so he might be someone who you might want to target. Salah has had 11 goal involvements in 10 games against Brighton, and the you know Liverpool have now had that time away, so... We'll speak about that later. But, yeah, he, he might be one that's in that uh, conversation to be skipper. Bernardo Silva, seven goal involvements in 10 games against Manchester United. Kane has 16 goal involvements 
in 17 games in the North London derby versus Arsenal. So Didn't know that. Even, That's huge. Even though it's a very tough fixture on paper, he loves this fixture. So for all those owners that have got Kane who might want to move their money elsewhere, I reckon he's a hold this week. You might want to hold on to him for at least one more week. Um, my final stat before I kick off or before I pass over to Jamie to give his uh, bookies rundown is this is a stat that's been floating around Twitter uh, this week, but there are 20 teams in the Premier League. Ward from Leicester is the 21st ranked goalkeeper for points. So what that means is that one of the teams, which is uh, Everton, I believe, have two goalkeepers that have scored more than Ward. Now, Ward's played every single game this year. So I guess that just highlights that, you know, all this talk as well about this week on Wildcard, if people are using it, they're actually going for the Leicester goalkeeper double up based on uh, the fixtures. But I tell you, tread very, very carefully because I reckon I could almost put put one past Ward the way he seems to be able to keep at the moment. And and just mentioning Ward, he he used to be the starter for Wales. Uh, he's just been dropped for Hennessy. Uh, so it's not it's not, you know, there's not a lot of confidence to back Ward in goals. So I think if we're on him, we've got to, you know, we've got to get off him. I just think even though with their good run, their defence has been looking shaky and, and he's just, he hasn't been looking confident behind, between the sticks either. And if we have a look at the bookies now, so I'm just having a look at the, the win percentages of a couple of games. So Arsenal are the big favourites to beat Tottenham at 51%. Tottenham uh, sitting at 27%. So Arsenal at home, they're saying, is the big favourites to win. So I was a bit surprised by that. I thought Tottenham might have a bigger chance to win. Um, and then we have Chelsea to, to win at 55% against Crystal Palace at 23%. There's no real assets that I, I like from Chelsea except James in defence, though. Newcastle are the big favourites to win against Fulham at 44%. It's a shame Isaac's injured. Um, you know, I thought Fulham would probably be a bit better at that. The overwhelming uh, win percentage, though, falls to Liverpool at 74% against Brighton. Uh, and Man City also at 75% against Man United in that derby. Um, now, if I just have a look at the teams that are most likely to score over... Two goals, Man City at 50%, Liverpool at 44%, and Leicester at 31% there. Uh, and any time scorer is number one, Harlan, at 62%. So potentially a good captaincy option there. Number two, Salah at 48%. Uh, and what was surprising here is Darwin at 44%. So I'm not sure if anyone will be taking a pun on him, but could be a juicy time uh, to jump on. Yeah, it's a funny one. With the, I guess we don't really know who they're going to select in that front three. Like, I think obviously Salah's nailed, and after that, is it going to be Darwin? Is it going to be Firmino? Is it going to be uh, Jota? Is it going to be uh, Diaz? So, you know, there's probably four players that can fill the other two spots. So, I think with someone like Darwin, it might be a bit of a wait and see. On to the long ball of the week, um, I might kick it off. So, my long ball is Man United to grind out a result against City, possibly nil nil. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to put the uh, captain's armband on Harlan yet, but if I didn't, that's probably the result that I'd want. So while it while it's a long ball, and that's and the whole reason it's a long ball is it's probably not going to happen, but that's what I'm going with this week. How about yourself, Jamie? Bit of Man United bias in that one, I think. 
Um, a little bit. I guess <laughs> things have changed since round three when we were an absolute basket case, but I'm just maybe hoping that we're fresh. We haven't actually played for about 25 days, so hopefully hopefully we can come out, come out and play well. My long ball of the week is uh, Bournemouth to beat Brentford. Uh, e- even though all the stats are against them, I just think, I think it could be their week. They're due. They're due. So I'm, that's my long ball. Well, based on your uh, expected goals, you're probably thinking then it's going to be 1-0. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Own all goal. right. Well, let's see how that goes. Now, moving on to the questions from Twitter this week. So the first question comes from Mitro Skin. He asks, which players caught your eye over the international break? So I think it's probably worth us looking at who are the players who are carrying injuries over the international break. So some of these players had them prior to the break, but some of them picked up knocks over the break. So let's go through them now. Isak, he's been probably ruled out for the next three to four weeks. Uh, Patterson has been ruled out for four to six weeks. Perisic, still probably waiting on an assessment there, but looks like he might not play this week and then see what goes beyond that. Robertson from Liverpool, he still has the, the same injury he had prior to um, the international break. So they've already said, Liverpool, that Tsimikas uh, is going to be playing against Brighton this week. Kulisevsky's got a knock for Sweden, which we only found out about today. So he's probably in doubt this week for uh, the North London derby. Denye from Aston Villa. Now, if there's if there has ever been more of a trolling FPL uh, player, it's got to be Denye. Finally got a return last week and scored seven points, and now he's out for probably the next three or four weeks. Possibly more, they're saying. So we'll see what that looks like. And uh, Marcus Rashford, who was the highest uh, transferred in player two weeks ago, still looks like he's injured and probably won't be right to come back for the Manchester derby. So... Now, the things that caught my eye of the international break or things of note was Mitrovic scored four goals over the break in his two games. Looked very, very dangerous. Now, he was seen limping um, with uh, some ice on his ankle after the second game, but for all reports are that he should be right for the game this week. Salah scored twice in his sole game uh, for Egypt. One of them was a rocket-free kick too. So it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be on uh, set-pieces this week against Brighton, or, or will it still be Trent? Um, the second game that, uh, th- that they played Egypt, he never actually played it. So he actually had a rest too. So he's going to be fresh this week for Brighton. Um, Kevin De Bruyne got a goal and, and an assist versus Wales. Sinisterda scored twice for uh, Colombia. Now, Leeds' fixtures have opened up. They've got Villa, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Leicester, Fulham. So looking at that, there's probably four teams out of those five that you could probably target for leads. It's just a matter of if you think Sinisteria at $6.5 million is worth it compared to some of the other assets in that same price bracket. Um, the other two notables, uh, Haaland scoring Norway's sole goal over the break. So Norway, I think they lost b- both games. And yeah, Haaland scored their sole goal. And here's a pretty interesting one. Dallo for Man United scored two goals against the Czech Republic playing for Portugal. The other goals in that game, it was a 4-1 win. Oh, sorry, 4-0 win. The other two goals were Jota and Bruno Fernandes. So a little bit of form line there. Jamie, was there anything that caught your eye there or did you pick up on anything else? No, I think you covered it really well. Most of those stood out for me too. All right, well, I might throw the second question to you. So Blue Boy asks, 
what do we do with our Liverpool assets? Um, well, if we if we have a look at the main players like Salah, so I think you've got Salah as well in your team. If, so if you've got Salah, it's a definite hold. He's got a he's got a great fixture and a good record against Brighton. Um, you know, he's he's rested. He was in form for Egypt. Stronghold could be a a huge differential captaincy option as well because um, I'm not sure a lot of people uh, would have him. His ownership's come down a lot, so he, he is a decent differential these days. Yeah, he's at 30, 35% now, ownership, when I think at the start of the year he might have been about 60. Yeah, yep, yeah, so a couple of blanks and everyone's just offloaded him. Um, you know, but then if you look at his next two fixtures after that, he's got Arsenal away, which will be a tough game, uh, based on Arsenal's form. And then he's got Man City at home. And, you know, that, that'll that be a big game. And Man City are in form too. So you, you definitely wouldn't uh, sell him this week. Or if you had Diaz or a Trent as well, you wouldn't sell him this week. Um, you know, and then also if someone out there is looking for a cheeky punt and you've got a um, – I assume most people would have a, an empty Liverpool slot open – you could look at it Simicash this week. You know, he's at 4.5. Robbo's injured against Brighton. Uh, strong odds to keep a clean sheet. So that could be a good roughie out there for people. Um, but I think that, yeah, if I had Trent, Diaz, Salah, I'd be holding him this week. I wouldn't be jumping on. Um, so, you know, if you've got a KDB or a Kane or a Son um, or Cancelo, I wouldn't be getting rid of those good players to go over to a Liverpool asset. Um, this week just because it'll cost you a transfer and then you've got, you know, tough fixtures in 10 and 11. So if you've got them, hold them. Um, unfortunately, I don't have them. So I'll be hiding behind the sofa during that Liverpool-Brighton game in case Salah and Trent go off. Yeah, yeah. I'd, that's a real good segue into our next segment, which is the take it to the bank. So I'll start off because my take it to the bank this week is Liverpool to return to their best this week. I just feel like that they've had the two-week break. They're freshened up. Matt Hip's back. Thiago's back. Salah scored twice for Egypt. Brighton have got a brand-new manager, so they might be playing a completely different system. So this week... I think Liverpool could put, you know, three or four past Brighton. But as far as after this week, when their fixtures turn, I wouldn't be wouldn't be too sort of bullish on them. But my take it to the bank this this week is Liverpool to perform really well versus Brighton. Yeah, I like that one too. I agree with you there. And and my one is Leicester to get their first win of the campaign. Beautiful fixture against For you know, Leaky Forest defence. Um Madison, you know, in some fine form, I think Leicester would just be too good for him, even with their shaky defence and keeper. Um, so take that one to the bank, Dimmer. All right. Now, moving on to buy, hold, sell, wait. So I'll just run through them now. So we've got Saliba at 4.9, whose fixtures are Tottenham, Liverpool, Leeds, and then blank coming up. And 254,000 managers have transferred him in this week, the third most transferred in player. Yeah, I don't get all of those transfers in. Uh, they must be some new players. Um, if you've got Saliba, you can just hold him, put him on the bench. I wouldn't be buying him. Um, I wouldn't be selling him either, I think. I'll just be parking him on the bench for now. Yeah, so Saliba, 
is in my team. Uh, he'll be sitting on my bench this week. So if you're looking for a, a buy, I probably wouldn't be buying him. I think those 254,000 saw his score last week and they've all sort of jumped on. Yeah, I think he's probably he's a hold. If, if you can afford to hold him for the next two weeks, because you're probably not going to start him against Tottenham, you're not going to start him against Liverpool. So if you can keep him for that Leeds fixture, great but then he blanks the week after. So, you know, it's probably worth looking at all your assets from Arsenal and seeing mm, maybe there's someone better that I can go to. If uh, I was on wildcard this week, I'd probably sell him because I can make multiple trades and, you know, Saliba could end up being someone like a Trent, you know, because you can move the money around. On to Son, 11.7, three goals last week and fixture run, Arsenal, Brighton, Everton, Man United. Son, uh, I think it would just be a, a wait. You know, tough fixture this week. You know, if he, if he performs well in this one, you, you know he'll be starting definitely after that um, because he came off the bench and scored three goals. He'll definitely be starting an important fixture this week. It'll be interesting to see what he does, but if I had the option there, I would just wait and see for another week. He also scored a cracker as well for South uh, Korea, so I think he might be back. Um, back to his best. Zaha, so 7.2 million. Um, this week's got a tough fixture in Chelsea, but then after that, really opens up Leeds, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Forest. So you probably want to target all those fixtures, but he's just got to play Chelsea this week. 209,000 managers have transferred him in this week, so probably trying to get in prior to his price rise. What will you be doing, Jamie? Um, in a perfect world, you'd probably just hold off on that transfer this week. However, Zaha has shown he can score against anyone and, and Crystal Palace can score against anyone too. And he is probably my lo- most likely transfer in this week. Not ideal, but I'll explain my team a little bit later on. Um, you know, he, he's a buy. He's a buy for me. Yeah, for me, he's a buy as well, even though he's playing Chelsea. I don't really see that as, you know, anything to fear at the moment. Chelsea haven't been that good at the back um, so far this season. Look, uh, you know, Potter's got them now for an extra two weeks. Um, so, you know, let's wait and see if they have been able to tighten up. But, uh, look, Zaha, he, he is that uh, talisman at Crystal Palace. And if there's any forward that you want to have from Palace, it is him. For me, he's a buy but only if you can obviously get to him this week. But if, if uh, you're on a wild card, I think he's a must. Now, moving on to Mr. Twitter, Dominic Solanke, 5.7 million, a fixture run of Brentford, Leicester, Fulham, Southampton. So, Blanky, at 5.7, I would only go to him if you needed funds elsewhere you know, like a big upgrade to a key player. Like you needed funds in defence to go from someone up to Trent or Cancelo or something. Um, otherwise, I just don't see it. You know, and I've, I've, yeah, I, I get it. He's playing for, you know, a pretty bad team. You know, they're not expected to score a lot of goals. We assume he's on penalties. Um, you know, we know that Norwich were in a similar position last year where they went on a bad run, but Pukki just kept, you know, just scoring goals every now and then, you wouldn't expect a lot from him at 5.7. So most of the time he'd probably sit on your bench. 
Um, so I can see why people would do it. Um, I would try and avoid to uh, avoid it. Um, so I think I think it's just a wait. It'll be interesting to see what he can do this week against Brentford. You know, they're not the strongest out back. Um, so, yeah, just a wait for me, Dimmer. All right. Well, I'm going to have a bit of a crack here. Twitter has erupted on Solanke, and I don't understand it. He had a pretty good record last year in the uh, championship, finished with 29 goals behind uh, Mitrovic. But when you look at fixtures and everyone's saying, oh, they've got great fixtures, Bournemouth. They've got great fixtures. You have to get Solanke. You've got to get Solanke. Well, you don't because Bournemouth are probably the worst team in the comp with probably Forrest at the moment. So when you put that into perspective, that would be like, it would be like a team like Tottenham playing versus Arsenal every week, like playing against a team that's just as good of uh, just as good as them, if not better, every week. So this whole fixture ticker thing about, oh, you know, he's got really good fixtures. Well, no, he'd have good fixtures if he was playing in the uh, championship. But as we know, there's a huge step up between the championship and the Premier League. So I, I do not subscribe to the theory that he's got good fixtures. Um, the only theory that I subscribe to is that, is pretty much what you said, that if you were looking for someone who you might start t- twice in the next five games to free up money to go from, you know, a Tony or a Mitrovic or someone like that, then you might do it. But that's the only way that you would do it. But at the same time, you would also have to lose a Tony or a Mitrovic or a very quality asset who you wouldn't have to touch for a while. So for me, he's a, a firm wait and see, but geez, he would want to do something. Knowing my luck after that little rant, who probably score a hat-trick this week, and I'm going to look stupid. Um, now, look, I guess we have talked about Liverpool already, but I guess probably just the thing to note here that I had was, you know, Salah's still at 12.9. I know a lot of people on Wildcard are waiting for him to drop down to 12.8 so they can buy him. But it looks like I think his price will hold now um, till the end of the week. 209,000 managers have transferred him out this week. So, you know, it's probably very much based upon, obviously, they haven't, he hasn't been firing. And, uh, look, their fixtures aren't great after this week until game week 12. But from 12 onwards, Liverpool have got West Ham, Nottingham Forest and Leeds. So it's all about how do you get back to the Liverpool assets if you don't own them now. Moving on to Jared Bowen, 8.1. So a lot of people brought him in during the last game week uh, on uh, the wild card. Didn't really fire a shot. Uh, fixtures, Wolves, Fulham, Southampton, Liverpool. Just a wait for me. I haven't seen enough from him. I think I think there's other players I'd prefer in that price bracket in, in midfield. You know, straight away you'd be going to Madison this week, next week Zaha. So I just don't, you know, if you've got him, if you've, if you've got him and brought him in on wild card last week, I'd probably sell him. I just... He's just not doing enough for that price. I think there's better places out elsewhere, Dimmer. Still hasn't had a goal or an assist all season. West Ham look like they haven't really hit their straps yet. And for me, for me, he's a sell because even if he hits form this week, then you've got Fulham and Southampton, which those two fixtures are good. But after that, there are fixtures turn for the worse. So... Even if you bought him next week, you're only going to hold him for another two weeks. So for me, as you said, you've got Madison, you've got Zaha, you've got all these other mid-priced assets, you know, uh, Silva from Man City. Got all these other guys at the same price who I think are more set and forget and probably 
not as much risk. Now, he was a quality asset last year. I think he finished on the third most points in the whole comp last year behind Salah and Son. But West Ham aren't the same team as they were last year. Now, Madison, who's actually had a price rise today and is up to 8.0. I think he has to be the number one target for this week. So it's a strong buy from me. Uh, if you have him, hold him, definitely. Beautiful run coming up. Beautiful goal last week. Leicester's best player, onset pieces. Yep. Yep. Was the, uh, as it stands, the second most transferred in fantasy asset of the week, 259000 I mean, you look at the next two fixtures, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth. They are fixtures you target. And you've, and you've also got, obviously, Palace in there. Then you've got Leeds after that, which is just another fixture where, you know, Leeds are probably similar to Leicester where they can score goals, but they also leak goals. So, yeah, for me, he he is definitely one to target and we'll probably hear more about that during my side uh, team reveal later on. Now, the last one. I've had a lot of people ask me about this person this week. Raheem Sterling at 10 million even. Chelsea's fixtures have now opened up. Now's the time that if you do think that Chelsea will start performing, they've got Crystal Palace, Wolves, Aston Villa and then Brentford. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Sterling lines up under Potter. You know, will he be in that number nine spot? Will he be out wide? Um, so for me, it, it is a wait. But he, you know, he could be a good option at 10. Um, so he's probably one to put on the watch list. We know Potter, you know, plays a good brand of footy with his teams. So um, I think it's just a wait for me now, Dimmer, until we see exactly how he plays and what Potter wants him to do. Yeah, so in the one game that uh, Potter's had him in charge, which I think Chelsea played uh, Salzburg, um, Sterling scored, but he started at left wing back. So he was playing a similar role to uh, Trossard when he was at Brighton. But, you know, as we saw, they actually scored and it was him that scored. So I think they're going to play the same system that uh, Brighton used to play under Potter. And, you know, Sterling is probably that link on the far left. Um, but, you know, at that price of 10 mil, he's probably the one Chelsea forward that you want. We probably haven't seen enough from their new signing, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. But, yeah, look, Sterling at uh, 10 mil does have the potential to haul, which you probably, you know, when I say haul, he's got the potential to score that, you know, 12 to 15 points plus, whereas, you know, all their other forwards probably don't. You know, you know your mounts, et cetera, can probably score between, you know, 6 to 10. But, yeah, Sterling does have that uh, potential to haul. Yeah, and he does have that potential, but he's also got the potential to come in and out of games too. Um, you know, he, he can disappear for, you know, long patches during a game. Um, he can, you know, do nothing for a few games, you know, in a row as well. So it'll just be, you know, and I did see him playing that left wing back position. I don't think it'll be permanent. He's got too much quality there with Cucurella and um, Chilwell as well, who we know is very dangerous. Um, so I'll be keeping I'll be keeping an eye on him this week, actually. So that's one I'll be, you know, I'll be watching because, um, you know, w- with the fixtures coming up, and we'll talk about this, I think, in a moment. You know, o- October's fixtures. Um, you know, he could be a good punt in about three weeks' time when you know there's um, teams playing each other and also some blanks as well. So. 
All right. Now, onto the weekly Twitter poll, which um, we just asked a very general question, but who is the best captain choice for this week? So the four options we gave were Harlan, Salah, Madison as something different, and then Mitrovic for something even more different, you know, with his form of uh, four goals in the two games of the international break. So the results came back. Um, Harland winning with 59%, so no real surprises there. Second, though, was Madison at 20%. So one out of five people on the poll are actually going to have him as their captain. So that that speaks uh, absolute volumes. Um, Salah at 16% and then Mitrovic at 5%. So... You know, looking at I guess the the I guess the people you could target this week for captain, it's probably those four, and probably Kane because of his record against Arsenal, and then probably Tony because he's playing Bournemouth. But um, you know, for me, and you know, this would be part of my team reveal. But based on the players that I own, um, it's probably going to be Haaland or Salah depending on some, maybe some news that we find out from uh, the press conferences, but probably Harlan slightly for me. How about you, Jamie? Yeah, I think it comes down to three. I think you're right with Salah and Harland. And I think it, it depends how you want to play the game. So if you're wanting to play it safe, you would go with Harland or Salah. Uh, you've got the luxury of choosing either because you've got both of them. So you're in a good position this week, Dimmer. And the third spot, it de- as I said, it depends how you play. If you're wanting to take a punt and you like to, you know, try and make up spots, um, Maddo is a really good option, you know, just to take a punt and be different this week. You know, if it comes off, you're a genius. If it doesn't, well, you're going to slide back on the table big time. Um, yep. So you know, it's probably going to probably come to what's your kind of motto this week? Do you want to take a risk and just, you know, just go sort of all in on it? Or do you want to play it safe and go Haaland? So, which, look, you think most will go Haaland, and that's why if you want to take a punt, you want to bet that he's going to blank and maybe target somebody else. So, now moving on to the side reveals, subject to the press conferences. Now, prior to reading out my side, I think it's very important to note that in the month of October, there's six game weeks, which means that all our players will not play all six games. So it's going to be crucial to have a strong bench. So I think that for all those playing their wild card, etc., um, you need to bat to at least play a 14 um, and then have Ward on the bench for goalkeeper, but he can stay there. So I think, it, yeah, it's going to be crucial to have a very strong bench. So I might kick off with my side. So this week, my side will be Pope in goals with Ward on the bench. I've, I've got Diaz, Cancelo, James and Trippier as my back four. Salah, Martinelli and Madison, who I brought in at the start of the international break and was able to get the price rise tonight, even though I was waiting for him to rise for the last nine days and it never happened. Um, and then up front, I've got three. So Harland, Mitrovic and Tony against Bournemouth. So I like those front three this week. I've got 0.7 in the bank. My bench this week, Ward, Saliba and Pereira and Bailey. So I'm just working out what that order is going to be at this point in time. Um, feel like I'm in a good position. Looking to wildcard game week 12. So looking at the fixtures, I think that's probably the best time for me to wildcard in between now and the break for the World Cup, which is game week 16. So that's my strategy moving forward. Now, Jamie, you obviously played your wild card last week. Um, have you made any moves this week? Anything on your mind? And what's your strategy from here 
you know, from now up until the break? Well, I haven't, um, I haven't pulled the trigger on anything because unfortunately two of my players got injured over the international break. So Isaac looks like he's going to be out for a month. You know, he's got an orange uh, mark against his name. Kulisevsky is also sitting on a, you know, a dark yellow as well. So, you know, my plan this week was always to roll because I just wild-carded and I was happy with my team. Um, and then with the news of Isaac uh, being injured, you know, straight away I thought, oh, Tony's the go-to. I was 0.1 short, so I couldn't, I couldn't go there. And then, and then Tony's risen again, so I'm 0.2 short, so he's, got, he's getting further and further away from me. Um, so then I thought about ben- just benching Isaac and then the news filtered out about Kulisevsky as well. So the, the move that I've always sort of been eyeing off, whether, you know, this week or next week, was Kulisevsky to Zaha. So it looks like I'll probably make that move. Um, and then by doing that, I get 0.9. And it allows me to get to Tony, apparently, for a minus four. Do I want to do it after a, a wild card? It's probably not ideal, but... I'm just I'm forced in this position, and then something else is throwing a spanner in the works, Dimmer too. Is I saw a picture after the game of Mitrovic with his ankle, you know, heavily bandaged with ice, and I just thought if he's out as well, my bench is looking a bit thin. So I've got a lot of things to um, to weigh up. What, what's your two cents about my predicament? I think you've got to make at least one trade. Um, then it's just about if you want to take that hit. Um, my philosophy on hits is it's not about the one week minus four. It's about do you think that that hit will, you know, be, uh, make your team better off in the next two or three weeks by more than four points. So so if you think that uh, going Kulisevsky to Zaha and then um, bringing in Tony up front uh, for Isak will work out better for you in the next two or three weeks by more than four points, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. The other thing about it is that if you make the minus four trade this week and you make the two trades, you don't have to probably make a trade next week. So then you can bank another one coming up. As we know, a lot of people are going to want to get to Liverpool assets again in probably game week 12. So by you having that extra transfer up your sleeve, yes, you've had to pay a minus four, but I I took a minus four earlier this year. And even though it didn't work out because I brought in uh, Rod Rigo, I still felt like that I was always a transfer ahead of most. So I think that sometimes it, it, it works. I mean, last year, we saw people taking minus 12s last year and they were, you know, better off 25, 30 points overall. But this is a bit different in that I think hits when there's a double game week, a much, a much, much easier pill to swallow. But I think in your predicament, and it kind of goes back to what I said before, you've got to have a bench that you can actually rely on during the month of October because six game weeks, 60 games of Premier League in the next month, I'm so excited. But it means that some of our players have got six Premier League games and Champions League and and Cup football. There's no way that some of our players can play all those games. You have to bat at least two deep on your bench. Yeah, and and exactly what you said, um, that is my line of thinking. So we're thinking, you know, very similar because the way that I saw it is I've looked at Brentford's fixtures and it's not just about this week against the Plum Bournemouth um, 
you know, defence. It's, you know, he's playing Bournemouth, Newcastle, Brighton. He's got Chelsea in 12. So he's got a fixture, at, you know, at home against Chelsea. You know, Chelsea are Chelsea. They're a good team, but they'll be playing Champions League too. You know, they might be tired with all of this congestion. You know, then he's got Villa, Wolves, Forest. I could keep him up until mid-November. So the way I'm seeing it now is I'm happy to take a minus four for him because he'll be in my team for a long time after that. You know, fingers crossed he doesn't get injured. Um, but, you know, some other way I'm thinking about it too is last week I brought Isaac in on the wild card for nine points. By taking a minus four and going to Tony, okay, well, I got five for Isaac. That's how I'm framing it up in my mind. You know, really, I got five for him. And still, that's a good return, you know, to, well, to get from him. Well, considering Tony last week only got two, you're still actually up on that. Yeah. Yep. So I think I think, I think, think the first transfer I'm going to do is Kulisewski to Zaha because that guarantees me a player for this week. It then gives me the option to take the minus four if I want to. So pretty much it, I'm, I can confidently say Kulisewski will become Zaha this week. I'll have a longer think about Isaac to Tony for the minus four because otherwise I'll be playing Pereira. And we spoke about Pereira. He hasn't got that shine on him anymore because he's not on all the, you know, the set pieces. He might even sit deeper because um, uh, uh, Palenia, um, is he suspended or injured? He's, he's out for this week as well. Yeah, so he... Um, you know, he might be sitting a little bit deeper, so he might not be making those late runs in the box anymore. So I think I think all signs are pointing to me taking a minus four this week. And then hopefully next week I just won't uh, make a transfer because I'll need a bank one for that 12 fixture to bring in the Liverpool players. Well, I've just checked with uh, the bookies and they have alerted me that the last time that you were toing and froing about my boy Tony, he scored 17 points and you didn't pull the trigger for the minus four. So, you know, that uh, that uh, would have put you in a real good space. You are already in a very good spot, but geez, I think I think it was a net swing of about 13 points it would have been for you. So it would have been nice. So I've just checked with the bookies and they're very confident of uh, FPL Cantona taking a minus four this week. But <laughs> let's see what that uh, happens to look like. Um, between now and next week's show. So thanks, everyone, for your time again today. Um, don't forget our Twitter handles, uh, at FPL Dimmer, at FPL Cantonar 7. Jamie, anything to add just before we wrap up? No, nah, I think you've sum- you summed it up well, Dimmer. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Give us, a, give us a like, give us a follow. Tell your friends, tell your mum, tell, tell your auntie, tell your next-door neighbour. Get everyone listening. No worries. Good luck, everybody. All the best to this game week and keep chasing those green arrows.